Regardless of the circumstances, this is going to be a happy Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. It's going to be rollicking, and it is brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at uh, what? BigBarker.com slash Ricky and get the Process Pup Patch along with it. And, of course, Colony Meadery, the official gluten-free booze made from honey of the process. On the show today... The Sixers are already waiting for the postseason. Uh, that is even during games, uh, as proven in the last two. Fly the Process is coming up this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about a breakfast live pod we might do at the hotel. Uh, I think some guy's going to get tattooed at the lottery party. That is a, a new development that just happened in the last five minutes. I have to ask you if you're okay with it. Joel Embiid's dog says the name. We have Brian Colangelo relationship advice and a Twitter AMA. All that so we can fit in about 90 seconds of the Orlando game. Um, see a guy maybe get tattooed at the lottery party at the final lottery party. Also, we will raise a banner of us raising the banner, talk to Choo Choo Maduabum on stage, and piss off all but one sponsor during our live pod and the sponsorette. Get yourself a general admission ticket. Support the Providence Animal Center encoded by kids at rightstreakysanchez.com. Without any further ado, here is Run the Jewels. We are the murderers there. There with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. True runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Welcome to the Right Ricky Sanchez podcast, along with a guy who was celebrating at the end of that 20-point loss to the Magic because of three points the Sixers scored. That is Mike Levin. Feels like I was right. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> what would you write about? Zaire? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Where were you? Did you watch that game live? Where were you when Zaire Smith hit the three-pointer? Uh, did not watch it live. I mm. avoided knowing what it was. I saw people starting to tweet at me, and I was like, something happened with either Shake or Zaire. Turned out right. it was both. both. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, just a nice... That's the only thing I, I acknowledge from the game. Nothing else happened. I have to agree. We'll get into the Zaire Smith and Shake Milton's performances right after the Willie Green Apple Podcast five-star review, 2,306 on the way to 3,000. When we get to 3,000, I do another podcast and read the third thousand reviews. This one comes from 4133 Birds. Old man and younger man excitedly talk about very young men. And that is the review, five stars. Accurate. accurate Hard review. to disagree with that. Yeah. I, I felt very little about that Magic game. I, uh, every game, really, on the rest of the schedule, aside from the Milwaukee game, I think I'm probably going to feel very little. I'll feel I'll get misty-eyed when we're in Minnesota on Saturday and we see Dario, but uh, I can't, can't really get up the energy to be upset about the loss. There's a weird sound. Do you hear that sound? No. It sounded like a long, vibrating fart, but it was something like <laughs> the, guy, the guy below me. It's either vacuuming or. <laughs> oh, some type I thought of I sound. 
I thought I heard a motorcycle. Yeah, um, maybe it's that. That's it. okay. It's not a motorcycle. I don't know. Something like that. Well, <laughs> okay. Now that now I've uh, free reign to fart and blame it on that guy. So yep, that's a big always one for that me. guy. I, I can't get upset about the loss. I, I hope they, look, they have very limited games to develop any sort of rhythm. Uh, so it seems like a waste in that respect. But uh, I don't know. It is I, what it is. I kind of disagree. I, really? They shouldn't, they shouldn't be losing that, by that much to the Magic. Uh, that's pretty embarrassing. It's just like, uh, you know, you get one um, letdown game after a big week. But to then double down on that letdown and get the doors blown off just for by pure effort and just like not giving any shit um they turned the ball over a ton especially early then they just decided not to hit any shots whatsoever um that shouldn't happen the magic aren't very good uh they need to just like i don't know i don't i there's a lot of good players in the sixers a lot of a lot of uh, high-level players in the Sixers, but none of them have won anything yet, and they don't get to just, uh, uh, you know, flip the switch. I, I, I think I, this, I think it's just kind of I think it's kind of bullshit. Like, yeah, the regular season doesn't matter, but if you all of a sudden drop to the four seed, then that's a problem. Had they like a couple games here and there that the Sixers just totally died on, just totally didn't give a shit, they they'd easily be the two seed, easily. And now they're going to have to go to Toronto where they're not, they, they should be the underdogs and have uh, not proven that they can win against uh, that team. So I, you know, I, I don't, I, I have never felt great about a, a Sixers Toronto matchup, but yes, health is all that matters and, and, and gelling together. And that's going to come with some growing pains. Absolutely. But like we're getting, we're getting down to it. And um, I don't know. I, that, that game, bothered me i guess more than it bothered you not like i'm not like furious but like you know it, they should be a little embarrassed yeah i i'm not furious either i hope Embiid didn't talk to the media because he was annoyed and not because he was uh i got nervous that the reason he had been moving slow and then the reason he didn't talk to the media was because his knee was bothering him and i guess uh we'll see with thursday's game whether that's the case i uh look I, it's true that if they hadn't been screwing around, they could be right there for the two seed. But like, I guess you could just say that, I mean, Toronto, I think is six and six in their last 12 have some not great losses in there too. I don't know. It, it all seems like every, every team is going through a similar malaise. Now I agree with you. They haven't won anything yet. And they are all in like it's sort of a precarious position with a couple of guys who are going to be free agents and, uh, or a few guys that are going to be free agents and, um, and needing to, to prove something, I think. So I, I hope they just don't believe that they can turn it on. And to your point, maybe this is indicative of the fact that they thought that hopefully this smacked them into reality a little bit and they, we, we don't see too many of those moving forward. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you go through cold stretches in a game and you're just like, hey, none of these shots are falling. But, like, there was very little effort from the get-go. And, like, you know who played good? Fucking Michael Carter-Williams. You know why? Not, it's not because he's good. It's because he was really trying. And, like, he tried really hard and was going 100% on every possession. And he got to rebounds and he got to lose balls and he beat guys down the floor. And I was just like, yeah, they're not, they're not there. And, this, and to 
everyone that continues to say it's credit, like guards who can penetrate continue to get to the rim against this team. And the, my biggest concern, and maybe this is because of uh, communication and uh, not having been around each other enough, but like they seem like such a worse defensive team than they were last year. Uh, it doesn't really well, they are. They don't, it doesn't really make much sense to me. Well, they have worse personnel. I mean, like, at, but know, not that. I, I, I think aside from Covington, I think they're deeper defensively than they were last year. I, I, I mean, just think about the starting lineup, right? Uh, Tobias Harris has always been a less than average uh, defender. I think he's better I, than Dario. I think he's better than Dario, though. He he doesn't try as hard as Dario. He certainly doesn't. He, you know, like I, there is something to um, even an offensive player feeling like. Um, like going against you, and Tobias Harris is a a, a turnstile. He just is. He, he does not put up any resistance. I disagree. Um, I think I think he's a better defender than Dario. And I think when people saw Dario, it was like their eyes open wide in a way that they don't with Tobias. Hmm. Tobias is a bad defender, though. I mean, like he's he's bad. He he might be a better athlete and more able to do that, but there's no way that that he is making an offensive player work as much as Saric did. In any case. Um, uh, even if we, uh, I, I, I would, um, I would even go so far as to say even there. But like uh, Covington is uh, way better than Jimmy Butler, who yeah. has been like, like consistently sort of not giving a shit on that. Like even that the Trey Young thing, it just didn't even look like he was trying that. Anyway, their personnel. If Jimmy Butler isn't going to become a uh, what he's supposed to be defensively. J.J. Redick is bad. Tobias Harris is average at best. And that leaves you with two actual good defensive players in the starting lineup. Um, and uh, Ben has moments for sure and certainly has ability and has been way better than I thought. But the, the only dominant, consistently dominant defensive player in the starting lineup is Embiid. I, I think it's a, a lot of it's a personnel issue. and uh, For sure. That, yeah. And so. also, who knows how much... The loss of Lloyd Pierce hurts him. I don't know. Sure. No, we never, you know, yeah. it's, all, it's all speculation when it comes to, like, assistant coaches. Uh, so I don't really know. But I think that's, I think it's alarming. I think they were talking yesterday how the Sixers are the best. Um, Mark and Nala on the broadcast, they were talking about how they're, uh, they give up the lowest percentage of, uh, from three. Yeah, threes. Yep. And I, I, I think a lot of that just might be luck. <laughs> and maybe that, like, even saves them a little bit. Um Sometimes got teams just miss shots. Maybe it's because they're long and they close out hard. But I think uh, you know, there's a chance that there there's regression coming. And e- even as bad as or as mediocre as the Sixers' defense has been, there's a chance it could get worse. And especially when you play teams every night that are going to know how to exploit you in a mm-hmm. seven game series. I don't know. I mean, I, I still we've been saying for years that like you know talent will win out, but Toronto has good players also. And um, in a second round series where we don't have home court advantage, I just don't know how you can go into that thinking that you're going to win that series. I mean, there's a chance, obviously, but they're really good. And I, I don't know. I don't know if there's enough time for for the, our guys to get there and with how, you know, how much the effort comes and goes. Well, I uh, I agree with everything you said. I'm 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 less uh, scared of Toronto in general than you are. I think the Sixers would be an underdog in the series, though. You know, like I I, I agree with you there. Um, but I'm not I'm not terribly uh, worried about Toronto more than any of the other two good teams that we'll have to go up against. So, um, 
Shake Milton hit shots, played well. He plays pretty calm for uh, a rookie, yeah. you know, offensively, certainly. Um, you know, defensively, he looked sort of uh, Lost. Uh, confused. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, <laughs> not that much lo- more lost than anybody else, I guess, at this point. So, uh, But, yes, he, he looked lost and would be tough to, to count on in a playoff game, obviously. But, um, you know, I... He looked. I was glad that he looked good. I'm glad that he looked so composed for a, a young guy like that. It reminds me of Shamit a little bit. I thought Shamit always sort of looked that way, knew where to be, um, had a good sense of of like the court and spacing. And it, uh, Milton seems to have that. Yeah, Shamit always played fast and in a way that uh, at the beginning of the season seemed to rush, but then like sort of got his own pace down. Mm-hmm. And managed to stay in control, even though he was frequently moving, uh, like a little fast. Um, Shake plays definitely at his own pace and can rise up sort of on a dime. And it played exactly like he looked in the G League, which uh, is nice. It's nice to see that he like gained confidence in there. And you know, the reason that Shake fell in the draft, like he was projected to be a, a pick in the mid to late twenties, and then he had a really really bad game. At the Portsmouth Inv- Invitational, I think it was, or the, or the Combine, one of the two. Um, and just, like, didn't show up and didn't seem like he could play with that level of talent when teams are maybe focusing on him. And uh, and he's, you know, to his credit, gotten better, gotten stronger with the ball, gotten more confident with a shot. Um, was one of, like, I think it was the second leading scorer in the G League. Um, obviously, that's just the G League, but, you know, that's gross. Because he and was second to Christian Wood. <laughs> maybe. Sure, that's pretty good. But that's what you—I mean, that's what you—that's what you want to see. Yeah. You want to see them dominating the level that they're at. And I—I uh, I feel not that I wouldn't have anyway, but like I feel really comfortable with converting him to a, a full contract next season and him being like, you know, growing into over a four-year, hopefully hinky special, growing into a um, a real contributor to this team off yeah. the bench. Yeah, I, I well, and they're going to need they're going to need guys on on small contracts to do that. Yeah, if if their their salary is going to be the way it is, and uh, as far as Zaire Smith goes, a um, just feel good that he got on a court. He totally. had a shot after literally almost dying this year because the Sixers have it all. They just have it all. Um, I I, hate, I don't want to make a joke out of it, but boy, I mean, holy smokes. Yeah. Uh, but lost a ton of weight, had a feeding tube, like was just in a really bad spot. And he's playing NBA basketball and yeah. I feel good for him and I'm, I'm excited to watch him. Hope he gets to play summer league, actually. Uh, I think that would be good for him and uh, I can't wait I to see him will. next year. I think yeah. he will for sure. Yeah. Ho- hopefully it's all four of those guys do. Haywood, Zaire, Jonah, and and Shake. Hopefully they all get get in there and you know with a with a first round pick with with Zion uh, mm-hmm. get in there and dominate for us. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention uh, in regards to the defense, I get I, I forget if I've said this on the podcast before, but I'm getting pretty concerned that we don't turn teams over, and I know that like that's obviously missing Covington and stuff, but like. When you allow the other team to get more shots up, they're going to hit, you know, the percentage that they hit. And if you're not if you're not turning them over, you're not limiting those shots. And so, like, regardless of whether you make them take tough threes, like sometimes they're going to go in. And if you're not like forcing turnovers and making life tough on them and stuff, then you're going to lose. And the Magic turned the ball over seven times 
yesterday, and they're the Magic, and they, they have barely had a point guard for the last four years. And I think the similar things with Atlanta and the teams before. It's like they're just not turning teams over, and that's it's alarming. I mean, that's it's you you want action there. I mean, there's one play when. It, it, it goes hand-in-hand hand with the Sixers turning teams over when it's like, hey, the Sixers shot 49% from the field. They went to the line 26 times. That's pretty good. But they shot 14 less shots than the, than Orlando did. And so they, despite the fact that they shot a, around the same percentage, and they lost by fucking 21. There's one play, a couple plays, when they tried to post up Embiid. And when TJ's in there or, I mean, obviously pick your non-shooter, um, and there's still no movement when Embiid posts up. Michael Carter-Williams is cheating off of TJ or whoever, playing center field, and just waiting for Embiid to turn his back and then, like, busting it over there to try to strip the ball from him when he's not looking. And that happened a couple times. Embiid turned the ball over five times. Um, I don't know why we're not having movement or cuts or anything other than like one back screen into a, like a corner three off an Embiid post-up. I, I don't, I don't know why, why that's the case. It, it results in a lot of turnovers Embiid is maybe when he like doesn't care as much and is phoning it in a little bit, he is more prone to turning the ball over because I think over the last couple of months he had been better at that as, as we've mentioned. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know that that's again, smart teams when you face them in a seven game series, like that's going to keep happening. And so I don't know if that's a viable strategy if you're not having movement and, and making teams pay, whether it's with, with cuts to the basket and, and open layups or open threes resulting in like defensive scrambling and stuff. I feel like you're trolling me. Like really? We, we, yeah, we, we had like two years of Brian Colangelo pissing into the wind with every draft pick we had. We had Markel Fultz forget how to shoot for two years. And all I got from Mike was like, Things are good, man. Like we got, we we have so much talent. I've been negative. I've been, plenty, I've, been plenty, I've been negative plenty. But you go back Things and forth. Things are so because good. We we were right. And we were right. That's true. We we lost to Orlando in March, and it's just it is a twelve minute uh, soliloquy on everything that you're upset about. I I feel like you're joking or something. No, that's, I, this, I mean some of the, uh, the games bummed me out. There's there's things that they just doesn't seem like they've gotten better at. And I know that they're still working. Well, there hasn't been in. time. Yeah, I, I like I. I don't know. I'm not making an excuse for them. This has been my concern the whole time: is that these things take so long to figure out. For sure, um, and, and and like some of the turnover know, problems are that right, where it's like dribble handoffs and like one guy cuts to the basket and they think like, oh, I thought you were going to pop back this way. That happens. Like that. That's well, absolutely and, one and, of those things. And the two guys who have the highest usage are. Like second-year players, essentially, mm-hmm. for sure, and, and they're still young. And, Absolutely, yeah. all these yeah. things. But my question, I guess, maybe this is a uh, this is appeasing the the uh, fire Brett Brown uh, universe is like, why isn't there movement off of Embiid post ups? Like we, I've been talking about that he, for years, and it well, still doesn't happen. And now they're turning him well, over on those, and and they're playing he, with he TJ. Has said, but he has said why that happens. He has said, like Brett has said, why that has happened. Like he keeps everyone. Watch the difference between. Here's what I would say. Watch the difference between an Embiid post up and a, a Ben Simmons post up. And a Ben Simmons post up, everybody's moving all over the place because yeah. Ben Simmons is a really good passer. Sure. Joel Embiid post ups, no one moves anywhere because he is turnover prone. And like, there's a reason his turnovers 
His turnovers are lower than they were last year and lower than they were the year before that and before that. And I think they just have to simplify the game, which will is tough because it's a tough, like, when you limit your options out of that specific, like, action, a post-up, like, it's not a particularly efficient thing anyway, and you're making it harder on yourself. But I think that's why. Um, and now that they have new personnel every two and a half months, I don't know how they can not do that and not turn the ball over more. So that's yeah. No, I hear. And to his credit, like a couple times, Embiid, I guess, was in the second quarter, just sort of decided to bully ball uh, Vucevic, like he was like a six-two guard, and just like got to the rim like three times in a row, which which was impressive. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right about that in some sense, but I don't know. I think I I think like the Magic sort of showed how if if TJ's in there and there's not shooters at all four other positions, you can. If the spacing isn't great, which sometimes it's like Mike Scott and TJ are standing like three feet from each other, that can be covered by the same guy, and the other player covering TJ can then like just go double Embiid or like try to pick his pocket, and then it's turnover prone that way also. So I, you yeah. know, as soon as he turns his back. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, they don't have a lot of time to figure it out, so yeah. they they play um, you know a couple of not great teams coming up, but. But definitely competent teams like the the Nets are competent. The Wolves are not good, but certainly competent. So um, these are will be good. And then we have Atlanta next week, and then I forget who else. Uh, Atlanta, and then I think somebody good. But I uh, I, I trust Embiid to like be like I think he's very regularly the smartest player on the court, and so I trust him to figure things out and figure how he can be successful. Uh, at what other defenses are, th- are throwing at him. But if Brett's not, like, giving him personnel that's going to make the defense have to, like, play him honest, then mm-hmm. I think that it is going to result in turnovers and, and and bad shots and shot clock violations and all that crap. I, I don't know. I, you're, there's not enough time, but there also is, like, we might just have the wrong strategy as well. Yeah. Well, and... and there's not there's not time to like figure out either one of those you know like it's almost like there's not enough time to figure out that it's the wrong strategy too yeah without giving it a chance to work out so we'll see um like i said next game is uh is thursday night um something big happened on instagram yesterday um the joel Embiid finds every way to say everything uh but the name himself in that uh klaus hinky depala and bead posted a uh, an Instagram photo on a big Barker dog bed with the rights to Ricky Sanchez process pup patch. Klaus's joints are are set, Mike. We're good. Pretty good. Does this, this count as Klaus saying the name? It's I pretty guess? it's it's fine print in there. Yeah. On the on um, the bed itself. But uh well, how how are how is uh how's Eric? Have you have we heard from Eric about it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Eric, actually, Eric, so uh, you being Eric Shannon, uh, big co-owner of Big Barker, um, I had an extended conversation with Eric uh, on text message yesterday. Uh, needless to say, he is excited Great. that Kla- Klaus is on the Big Barker. Man. Yeah, and I'm glad we have that that cool logo, too. Klaus basically pointing to the, um, the, the Process Pub logo. I will say, though, Joel... Uh, next time we come into contact with you, maybe it will be at Fly the Process. It's about time you said the name. I mean, like now I feel like you're fucking with us at this point. So please say the name. Um, 
Klaus will be sleeping on a big barker, just like Rebel, just like Donovan, um, just like dogs whose joints are just roaring to go the next morning because they've been supported by a real bed, a big barker therapeutic dog bed. If you want to be like Rebel or Klaus or uh, Donovan, go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. That is bigbarker.com slash Ricky. You'll get the big barker dog bed also with the uh, couple of the process pup patches for you to put on the bed. Um, it's just, uh, it's a great bed and uh, you can tell the difference when you're, when you see them, when you're in person with them. If you go to the process pup section, we have a couple of good ones. We have our first process pup cat up on the uh, process pup section of rightstorickysanchez.com as well. You can just see how much support, how much more supportive they are than the ones they get in the stores. 10 year warranty, the foam won't flatten or they will replace it for free. A one year at home trial, return it and you get all your money back, even shipping handmade in the USA. Big Barker dog beds. I thought you didn't do it in your normal voice. Big Barker. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. You were waiting for the Big Barker dog bed. That one. That's what you were waiting yeah, for. That's fine. Okay. Um, what do you want to do first, bracket, jigsaw, or Brian Colangelo relationship advice? Uh, let's go back to the bracket. Okay. So we had, I got an email from Jeff who sent in bracket jigsaw and a couple of tweets all suggesting that the way it should have gone is the way that you, the one that you didn't want, want should move on. So at the end, we're, we're ultimately finding the worst thing. That makes sense. Um, I had decided the other way, but they said this was the way, so this is going to be the way. So I redid the four and uh, I reseeded them based on the ones that you did not want to do. So the ones that you don't want to do, move on. We will do the final four this time. And then this weekend's pod at Fly the Process, we will do the final matchup. Okay, right now, uh, your first choice is you can never tell a telemarketer you're not interested and must complete the entire conversation or forever for the rest of your life, there is always a stone in your shoe. Oh. <laughs> it's a bad one. It ruins exercise. Well, so here's my question. Walks Tele- in the park. Telemarketer, can yeah. I just not answer the phone? I don't think you can live in a world in which you can avoid this. Like, so why don't we say... Because sometimes, which I do, like sometimes if I see a number I don't recognize, I won't answer it. Sometimes I see a number that I do recognize, that I think like, oh, it's 310 or 818, whatever, or 215. I'd be like, oh, maybe this is something. And I'll answer it. And I'm like, fuck, I'm on with telemarketer, which happens rarely. So I guess, that's, I mean, what, what's the ruling? I guess you have to be the judge here. I would say that you have to answer 25% of them. Hmm. I'll then I'll go with the telemarketer then. The stone in the shoe would potentially be more consistently irritating. Okay. So so stone in the shoe moves on. Yes. Okay. So the other matchup is you have two choices. For the rest of your life, you always have the middle seat when you fly, or for the rest of your life, your Wait, shower. Hold on a second. Hang on a second. Weren't these the what? weren't these the bad these ones? The, no, these are the ones you didn't pick. Are you sure? Yeah, 100%. Okay, okay. Um, so your choice is you always have the middle seat when you fly or your shower will never get quite warm enough. Mm. Mm. I will, I think, as in the one, I, the one I, would, I would prefer to do in traditional jigsaw style, I would take the middle seat. Okay, 
So your shower never gets warm enough, moves on. That's right. So the final in the bracket jigsaw, I'm thinking there should be a 64 version of this, to be honest with you, for everyone, is uh, we will we will do this on Sunday. Your shower will never get warm enough or there will always be a stone in your shoe. Bracket jigsaw, Huge thank stuff. you, Jeff, Huge for stuff. the email. Really? Yep. Okay. So we, uh, we put out on Twitter today that we would do an AMA. We will try to fly through as many of those as possible. But I got such a good Brian Colangelo relationship advice um, email. We actually got a few of them. I thought we could do that first. Are you ready for that? Okay. I keep my heart under my pillow with my teeth and other lies. I've been waiting on your halo just to shine the light. Relationship, Brian Colangelo relationship advice theme song is by Eliza Hardy Jones. Hi, Mike and Spike, longtime listener, first time emailer. I heard your, I heard your cry for more Brian Colangelo relationship advice questions, and I feel like I have a great question to chime in. I'm in my late twenties, and I work with someone that I have a love interest in. While discussing one on one about our upcoming races for running, they're both runners. She casually mentioned she is having trouble finding someone to run a San Diego half marathon with. She mentioned a few mutual mutual friends who are unable to join her on the trip, but emphasized she is having trouble finding a running partner. I wanted to suggest that I could join her, but I figured if she wanted me to join her, she would have already connected the dots and asked herself. If the race was nearby, I'd feel less awkward about asking her. However, having it be on the West Coast makes it feel more significant. My coworker and I don't have a romantic past and pursuing a a romantic relationship might damage a valuable connection with a friend and colleague. What are your thoughts on making the offer to join her? Am I overthinking this? If you mentioned this on the show, I'd appreciate you using a pseudonym such as Elton. So that email comes from Elton. Okay. This email what do you comes think, from Eric Jr. Eric Jr., yep. Um, uh, I think it's a great question. I think so, too. And I'm struggling I, And I it. think it, it's going to get back to her because this is someone's going to listen that knows about a San Diego Half Marathon podcast that's weird enough to get back to her, and that's fine. I'm fine yep. with that. Yep. Um, I think you kind of float it. If you have a friend in San Diego that like anyone, you know, even if like, let's like a somewhat friend in San Diego, you, or you just been wanting to go to San Diego. I think you try to, I think you try to do it. If you're interested, if, if you're like legitimately interested, I think you try to say like, yeah, I've always wanted to visit my friend. He's been telling me to come out anyway. Uh, I'm thinking about it. If you, I mean, like, float it in like a soft way. Be like, maybe we should. Maybe like, I've been wanting to do this. I'm like, why not? We should. And then, like, you know, don't force a thing. I think you. I think you try yeah. to make it happen naturally. Like, it's like, let's do something crazy. Why not? Like, we could do this. Like, I should do this. Like, rather than, um, I'm gonna do this marathon with you, which is a little more yeah. intense. <laughs> I'll see you at the finish line. That's right, exactly. Um, I think there is a possibility, I don't want to raise your hopes, but there is a possibility she's letting you know that no one will run with her, so you will offer. Of course. It is such is such a commitment that asking you to do it would be forward yeah, of her. She, she so, doesn't want to seem crazy, yeah. which might not be the case. She might not. She might just be saying, oh, fuck, I, I don't have anybody that wants to do this with me, and I'm not me implying that you need to, but I think that could be the case having not heard the tone. Yeah. And I also think here's the worst that happens. Well, you go, you know, to your point, you go, Hey, you know what? I want to do this race. I'll do it. I'll fly out. I'll run the race with you. Or, or wait, hang on a second. Hang on a second. 
Yeah. I think there's that middle ground because I think saying I want to do the race and, and saying I'll fly out with you is a little forward also. Okay. What if it's like a, hey, I know this place in the daytime in a public area, so let's not get weird, uh, where we can't, where we can like run like along the water or something. I assume, I assume she lives in Philly, right? Yeah. Uh, or wherever this person wherever is. Wherever this person is. Yeah. Um, find a place that you're like, oh, this is really cool. We should go running this weekend and do that. Like start to like plant the seeds rather than uh, just go zero to a hundred. I'm coming to San Diego with you. We're getting a hotel room together. Like that, that feels fast. So rather than just being like, all right, yeah, why not do a, we should do, we should go running this weekend. I've been meaning to do it. And then, you know, make sure you're going at whatever pace she is. Either if you're too slow, then maybe you have a couple days where you pick it up. And then if you're too fast, like don't, you know, you don't want to be in a, Aggressive, yeah, aggressive thing. Fl- float something out there like that. I think a float and is good. If she's inter- if she's interested, she'll you'll know. You'll know. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, wa- worst, I want to hear back worst, on this. Yeah, and worst case scenario is you go to San Diego. She's not she's not interested in you in romantically, but she thinks it would be fun to run the half marathon with you. And when you get out to San Diego, if if she approves of that, you, you'll like sort of be able to feel feel that. That's right. As well. And also, think, so. there's a chance that I am running this San Diego half marathon. So I want to oh, hear, really? I want to, I, there's a chance I want to follow, I want someone to whoever, whoever Eric Jr. is, I want him to keep us posted on this and, uh, and I, w- I will be possibly involved in any, you know, live relationship advice if I, if I go to that half marathon. Half marathon is the best distance yeah. in my opinion. I think it's a great distance, great running distance. All right, let's do a, uh, Lorenzo Brown mailbag, but only Twitter ask me anything questions. Some of these are silly. Some of them are serious. We will move through as many as possible um, and have a little fun after Mike bummed everyone out in the first 20 minutes of the podcast. Oh, um, so Matt Del Rio, who writes for Liberty Ballers, wrote the Jason Tatum is 19 expose and the Brian Colangelo puts together the 2016-17 Sixers thing said on Twitter today that if he got to 1,000 followers, he would get a Mike Scott tattoo on his neck. Um, I replied to him and said, don't, like, don't dare me on this one. He had like 640 followers. And he goes, I'm, I'm game. So within 20 minutes, he had 1,000 followers. Somebody suggested he get the Mike Scott tattoo uh, near his neck, he said he would get, at the lottery party. My question to you, Mike, is... <laughs> uh, Assuming that the Xfinity Live people are okay with this, which I'll find out, and I can definitely get a, a good tattoo person to do this, are you okay with this guy getting a Mike Scott tattoo at the lottery party? I, I think it should be more like us related than if it has to be at the lottery party, though, you know? Oh, you mean the tattoo itself? Yeah, it should say like TTP or something like that. Okay, well, we'll get him to put that in it. I, he seems like he is in the palm, like, like. <laughs> You can get him to do whatever. Yeah. I think if it's so, I think if it's if it's somewhat Ricky or process related, I think, or maybe okay. like you know Casper Ware's face or something. Then something. I think. Uh, we can get it done. I think it'd be lottery party appropriate. Sure. All right. All right. Well, I'll call my guy. I'll call Tim. See if he's interested, and I'll call Anthony. Right now, Anthony from Xfinity Live is yelling at the uh, <laughs> at his headphones. Why would you say we can do this? Why would you say we can do this? All right. This one, the the first uh, AMA question comes from Fianco Joe on Twitter. Which process sixer could join the dunk squad without any fans noticing? Um, 
Which so they have to be able to be so on the shirt, on the shirt, without Uh, any fans noticing. So he'd have to be good at it, but also not so famous that somebody would notice that he was used to be on the Sixers. I think I'm gonna go Jared Cunningham. Uh, If you remember Jared Cunningham, he was a uh, (laughs) actually don't you don't six five six five Oregon State. Uh, No, played for like a second on the Sixers. Uh, Very athletic, and people don't remember his face. He might not have even sued up for the Sixers. He definitely didn't play a game for us, but I, I think he's on the shirt. Um, I'm going to go with Furkan Korkmaz. No. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I mean, Furkan Korkmaz may be in Europe, in, in yeah. Euro- European athleticism, in that air quality. Uh, who could do this and not get noticed? Who was a really great athlete? Who could Darius Johnson jump Odom. out of the gym? Yeah. Adonis Thomas uh, is probably more ground bound, but Yeah, Adonis Thomas is too big, yeah. I think, right? Hmm. I'll go with your answer, even though I don't know who that guy ha. is. Great. Uh this comes from I fucking rule, R U H L. Uh the top three cities the NBA should expand to. I don't I don't truly do not care. Um I'm not going to say Seattle because no, it's a, let's say Seattle. I want I want one. I yeah. want another one in Canada. Um, they already did that. It failed. Yeah, but now the NBA is cooler. Yeah, so uh, you want to put it in Montreal instead yeah. of Vancouver? Why not Montreal? Yeah. Sure, okay. Montreal's dope. Maybe Mexico City. Um, maybe Kansas City. Maybe Louisville. Do you care about Las mm. Vegas having a basketball team? I kind of don't. No, nobody lives there. Like it, it seems like a people are maybe moving there. Ju- it's getting bigger as a city. Like yeah, but it's just, still like if there nobody's from there. I don't know. I like it's weird to me. Now they do like the hockey team, but mm-hmm. just have like fifteen NBA games a year there or something with with rotating teams. That way, people can go watch their own team. I wouldn't put a whole team there. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I would, let's say Mexico City, Montreal, Seattle. Those are all fine with me. Okay. Um, this comes from Remy Komorniki. If you could get any Sixer to drink a truth serum and ask them one question, who would you pick and what would your question be? Now, this has to be a player. It can't be Sam or, or Brett or something like that. Hmm. Do you have something? Um, I... Hmm. I don't have something off the top of my head. No. I, I feel like there's probably a Nerlens question in there somewhere. Um, I would only just ask. I would ask any question, any player, all of the players' questions about Brian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. everybody, what likes, did you actually? Think yeah, of? Or, or maybe other players like questions about like Jaleel. Uh, but I think I think the guys like Jaleel, even though he was, you know, bad. actually. If I could get any Sixer to drink a truth serum and ask them one question, I would ask JJ Raddick if he had burner social media accounts <laughs> and just fucking does. expose him. He does. I would. I just want him to admit it on camera. He, he does for sure. Um, Who doesn't? Uh, Everybody does. Uh, well, I don't have any burner accounts. Oh yeah, our regular accounts are burner accounts. But like, if you're yeah, a public, yeah. a real public figure, not like yeah, f- I was fake ones like us. You're I was talking to uh, Killikow, uh in DM, and I sort of agreed that any normal person who isn't doing this for like 
some sort of like, you know, official creative or financial encounter, they should only have burner accounts. Like they should, they, why, what good is your real opinion being public all the time being, you know, everyone should just operate with burner accounts and burner accounts only. Um, this comes from your boy CB, the top mead flavors after Wu-Tang Cran. Um, I have said that I think mini mead is really good. Yeah, mini mead's really good. And the, yeah, uh, the, dis- the discontinued Embiid, Embiid mead, and Joel mead was, was pretty damn good. So I own it, but I've never uh, drank it before. Tasty. I own it. Um, I like the Lemon Law, and I like the Tea Tax. I like that as well. Those would be my favorites. And uh, it, it has to be time. We were talking maybe this summer, maybe there is Lick Face Volume 2. Um, the Colony Meadery is the official gluten-free booze made from honey of the process. That is mead. The Colony Meadery makes all these different flavors. Uh, the reason I like mini mead is because it is sweet, but not like too sweet. Um, I can also hear your iMessage going off regularly. Why, you want to read my texts? No, I just hear it, as what I'm saying. <laughs> um, well, oh, and then the new one, pass the mead to the left-hand side, mm. pineapple, mango, Jamaica, Jamaican jerk spices. Now that one only on their website, only at the tap room. Try one of these flavors of mead. I like the canned mead the best, but they have bottled as well. Um, you can get it at Wegmans, uh, all the foodery locations, all the Wegmans in Eastern PA, Bella Vista, Beer Love, um, and you can just order from their website. You can go to colonymeadery.com and use code Ricky for $5 off. Also, you could just go go to one of their tap rooms. Uh, actually, you can go to the one tap room in Allentown. They have tours, tastings, all that. Um, again, colonymeadery.com. Use code Ricky for $5 off. Must be 21 to drink. Please get buzzed responsibly. Um, all right. Where is the next one? This one comes from Comrade76. Are you two Bernie bros? Uh, I am not a Bernie bro. No. Um, are you a Bernie bro? No. No. Yeah. He seems passionate and uh, seems to care about the country, which I support. Yeah, but I, um, I don't really like any singular politician. Um, none. It's been hard. I think. I think because <laughs> you know people are complicated. I like the the uh, policies that I care about that I think give people the most rights and agency and uh, help marginalized folks. So. Um. It's not like they're, they're not like basketball players where you have to be like, I love this person. It's like, you know. Right. They're, right. they're, a, they're a conduit. I, uh, I said to my wife one day, I was like, you know what? Mostly I just care about now is like when I listen to somebody talk enough, I want to believe that they have everybody's best interests uh, at heart. And that would be a, a nice step forward if, uh, if I could feel that way about everyone I voted for. Yeah. So. Um, and sometimes you, know. you can't, and that kind of sucks, but you no. know, you do, you do what yeah. you gotta do. Um, this one comes from Jim, Jam, Jim. Mike, what is the highest percentage of naked you've seen? Spike, Spike, same question. <laughs> uh, Very little. Yeah, uh, like almost nothing. I, I've seen Mike the same way that everyone else at the parties has. I agree. Yeah, I've never, I'm trying to think if maybe backstage at one point, like, one of us would have changed a shirt, yeah, maybe. but I don't think so. I don't know. I've been. I don't remember seeing. I stayed it. at your apartment one time, or how was it? A house apartment, row home. D- did you? Yeah, when I had to take a, I had a flight early the next morning. It was right after the lottery party. 
Oh, when I was in, when I lived in South Philly. Yeah. Um, I don't remember that at all, but I believe that it happened. Yeah. I don't remember seeing you um, under, in any sort of, sort of undress. I no. was naked like in your room, just standing there for a while, but you guys were asleep. <laughs> this one comes from Raul Jewel. Um, how do you guys feel about the Sixers Twitter tournament? Um, the uh, Twitter field of 64 of um, people on Twitter that like the Sixers. Um, I went out in the first round. You, you, were, not even <laughs> you were out in the first round. Went out in the first round to the guy that got um, uh, the kids in Romania to say trust the sure. process. So I'm okay with that. Tough matchup. Uh, you were not even in the field of 64, nor is Derek Bodner for some reason. Um, I don't know. I uh, I am happy that there are so many regular people in Sixers Twitter who are famous enough for people to vote on each other. So it seems like high school all over again. And once again, I'm out in the first round. Sure. So, it's very high school. Yeah. I uh, I didn't like comment on it or really look at it or anything, but yeah. people kept tweeting at me asking why I'm not in it. <laughs> and so then the yeah. guy... Ryan, Ryan, who run, who ran it, I think, yes. uh, DM'd yep. me like apologizing, <laughs> and I was like, "It's fine, it's fine." But I will, similar to a Royal Rumble, uh, the bad guy in a Royal Rumble, I will show up at the end of it and beat like Max or Jim or Sheamus or whoever, whoever won, and slap him with a steel chair and take the belt. Wow, as I as I said when I saw it, and somebody was like, "How do you feel like you might lose in the first round?" and I said. I am this whole tournament. This tournament should have been fucking named after me. I don't care who wins, <laughs> which is exactly what somebody says when they don't care. There you go. Um, this is from Steven Trilberg. Why do you think MCW got another shot before Tony Roten? It's upsetting. That's an interesting question. Uh, um, yeah. I think probably I think more he's got a, a physical profile. Yeah, more of a team too. player, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know the. I mean, Roden does probably have one single more NBA skill in terms of just like getting to the basket at will, um, and not just when you play against the Sixers. Um, yeah, I don't know. Better agent, maybe uh, better agent. Maybe also, just, a, maybe just like have has been rookie of the year. So people are like, yeah, I'll take a ten day on him. You know. Yeah, I think too. You look at MCW's frame, and people think that maybe. It is a switchable defensive thing, yeah, and you can use him. And, they might not be wrong. Yeah, and he he can just be a, I don't know, sort of a point guard. I also think, too, Tony Roten was never the same after that knee injury. That's true. Uh, he, he wasn't. He wasn't the same here. And then, remember, he signed with the Knicks, and that didn't last. And then, so. But all, all of his, uh, somebody DM'd us on Instagram, I think, a Roten to Arnett Moultrie alley-oop, oh, wherever they're playing right now. So, uh. yeah. The dark timeline. The, this one comes from John Law. If Jimmy Butler does not sign back with the Sixers, who do you see him signing with? I would say Brooklyn or LA. Uh, I'll say I'll say Brooklyn. Yeah, maybe the Knicks, but I'd say probably Brooklyn. Maybe Miami. Um, Miami. Ben, Miami also might be cool. Oh uh-huh, yeah. From Ben Dunst, what show would be best if you replace the entire cast with the Sixers roster? My vote is Peaky Blinders. Um, well, I guess I would, one of those I would just single, watch single a, camera comedy shows. I was going to say I would do like a Hard Knocks. Obviously, it's a different it's kind of a cheat of a question for the Sixers, but yeah, I wouldn't want to see a Hard Knocks Sixers. I'd want to see a Hard Knocks NBA for sure. I just wouldn't want it to be the Sixers. I like don't I don't like to n- like know that many like intimate personal details about things that I like. You know, like I don't watch music 
documentaries for bands that I like because like, I don't want to dislike them. And I don't yeah. want to watch, like, watching, like, you know, Hard Knocks when it's Tampa Bay or Cleveland or whatever is like, oh, this is great. This is the perfect level. And I can dislike some of them. I can like some of them. That's great. But it's like when it's my team, like, I don't want to. I don't want that, like, clouding the way I feel about just, like, the team and the players and stuff. I can tell you from a, I've, because of what I've done, I met so many uh, bands. And while some have been really, really cool, it can certainly ruin everything you thought about, you wanted to believe about somebody who's famous. You know, because you you create this image of what you think that they're like, and that's usually better than what they're really like. That's with anybody, not just famous people. But, um, and also we see, like we spend more time, as opposed to somebody you just meet on the street, we spend time creating an idea of what they are, so. Um, from Sixers Adam, everyone on the Sixers is a contestant on The Bachelorette. Who wins? Well, it depends who's... This is a question for you. Depends who The Bachelorette is. Mm-hmm. What they're looking for in, in love and in a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Who? Let me see if I can do... Let me pull the Sixers roster. Let me I see. will say, yes. I've been looking at the way... Did you watch the video of Joel Embiid singing karaoke with his girlfriend? No. Um, singing that Ed Sheeran song. No. Man, I looked at, I looked at how Joel looked at that girl. I've seen that look before. Like, Joel has it pretty bad for that girl. Great. That's what I would say. I love that. And it seems like you only give that sort of look. He's super famous, super rich, and still given that look. I get the sense that Joel is a romantic. Um, totally. That's why I love Hinky. At yeah, I I think Joel would be a, a pretty strong favorite in any Bachelorette. All right, so here's what I'll say. Yeah. Mm, there's a lot of good candidates. I think a lot of guys you eliminate pretty early because they're young in the same way that, mm-hmm. like, but, but one, maybe one young guy slips in in the same way that, like, Dean from Rachel's season slipped in late, late enough because, like, ah, this guy's cute, he's funny, like, I'll keep him around, whatever. So maybe we say that about, like, I don't count Ben as young, even though he is. Um, maybe you think that, maybe say that about, like, Shake. Shake is the perfect level of, like, he's cute and he's like, seems harmless, but, like, I'm not going to pick him to win, but, like, he, he's nice to have around. So let's, say, let's, say, let's do a final four. So we'll say Shake, obviously Embiid is one. I think Simmons leaves on his own because he's not interested in The Bachelorette. Uh, which happens sometimes. I think Jimmy gets into a, a fight, and there's like some two-on-one that Jimmy, like Jimmy, gets booted off on. So I'll say, is, is Ben not interested enough in The Bachelorette because the show is not enough about him? <laughs> I think no. I think he's just the kind of person that's like, this isn't. I don't have feelings for this person. I'm not gonna. I'm out. Like, which happens sometimes, okay. and it's fun. Um, okay. So I'll say Embiid, Shake. <laughs> I'd say I'd say Boban probably goes fifth. And it's a heart, and then the bachelorette cries because he's so nice and, and likable. So I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, TJ, and then I'll go James Ennis. And I could see the level of like James Ennis is the right level of life that you want. He's a journeyman. He'd move to the place where you are. Uh, he's good looking and athletic, and, and and but like complimentary in a way that you'd want if you're the bachelorette, rather than like having to cater your whole life to an Embiid or a Jimmy or something. So I'll say, I'll, uh, I'm going to surprise and go James Ennis for the win. <laughs> TJ, we've seen TJ be non-romantic. He's uh, romantic, in though. Fact, he's, he absolutely okay. is romantic. He's married his college sweetheart. Okay. 
And now they this now, now they now they sell watches on Instagram together. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I have to get the audio for? Do you know I recorded a commercial with TJ for that watch place? No. For WIP, I will. It never aired, but I will send it to you. Maybe we'll we'll debut it on the pod. I've never heard it. Let's just say TJ is not like the best actor. Sure, I guess. I, is what I, I don't. Say. I don't think most people from Pittsburgh are. <laughs> this comes from Marty. Do you think the t- the Sixers need a, need a team hygienist? Seriously, the number of tummy aches and upper respiratory infections with this team is out of pocket. That's true. What is going on? It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It happens all the time. Ben obviously missed the Magic game. Um, Embiid's hurt. Everybody's Zaire's, you know, surgery. From a, there just needs to be more care taken with how people are like I don't know. You more you know using disinfectant. Just start putting those. Wear the masks. Fuck, everybody. Wear the masks on the flights. I don't know. It it is weird getting it out of their system so they can then. Uh, uh, immunize themselves while everybody else on well, the opposing team gets sick during the playoffs. I mm, think it's a good strategy. That's smart. Also, uh, you know what? Amir, like a, Amir might actually make the finals. I might I might be switching Amir into the into the finals. Uh, into the best yeah, solid yeah. guy. Yeah, and yep, and more handsome when he's not guy. on a basketball court. <laughs> on the basketball court, he looks a thousand years old. Yeah, but off the court, he's very handsome. Yeah, that's I what I'm saying. Say. Uh, this comes from John Williams. Imagine Brett Brown is fired. What process sixer not currently playing in the NBA would you hire to be the next coach? So a former process sixer. Obviously, we're excluding Embiid. Mm-hmm. Not in the NBA. Not in the NBA. Well, let me look at the shirt. I'm pulling it up. Hmm. Yeah, Jared Cunningham is on the shirt, by the way, just to, just to be safe. Okay. Um, Jason. I'd hire Danny Granger. Sure, Jason Richardson, I think, would be a legitimately good. Luke, oh Luke, yeah, Luke, for sure. Luke Bamute, I think, obviously, would be there. He's in the league, though. He's in That's the league. That's true. You're right. Um, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I love these guys. Just looking at the shirt this is really charming. Roni Turioff, how about that? Oh, I'd like that too. Andre Kirilenko would never show up, and that'd be a bummer. No. Yeah. Um. Kwame Brown, I'm not interested. Um, okay, yeah. I'm going to say, I'll say Jason Richardson um, with assistant coach Roni Turioff. Uh, I like Jason Richardson. I think I like Danny Granger better, though. Um, but I love Jason Richardson was a super nice guy, and he was great. Um, from Jimmy McCormick, how did you first encounter one, one another to create the show? The origin story for the Ricky might already be clear, but if not, what are the details of your first exchanges? Do you want to do it? Um, so it was, you wrote something about my dad on a Liberty Ballers post. Was that the first thing? Yeah, I called him. Was that the I, first exchange? I called him an asshole. Okay. And I, I, uh, email, said it was funny. Email, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then you came on the radio show a bunch of times mm-hmm. when I was on late at night. Mm-hmm. And then um, I don't ever remember, I do sort of remember the deciding on a name process, but I don't really remember the, do you want to do a podcast process? Well, cause you were doing um, multiple podcasts and it was like, Hey, let's just do, yeah. do this. And then we kind of kept doing it regularly. And then all the other pro- podcasts fell by the wayside. And now you're back to like 17 podcasts or whatever. Uh, only two, only two. Yeah, uh, just two, just two. Feels like seventeen. Uh, don't we, no, don't no, do no, love no. Way less than seventeen. 
Uh, love songs I do like twice a year. When when Jason Lipschitz is, says there hasn't been a love song in a while, do you want to do one? Is always yes. Okay. I just wish I had somebody else to plan love songs. That was that's the problem. Um, it's always just me. I'm, I, I I have enough planning to do. Um, this one comes from the idea enthusiast. Two things. Point Jimmy is way more engaged in the game in the first half. Is that something that should be maximized slash rewarded? Um, and two, if Mike had been a process sixer, what would his run have been like? Uh, or would he have been a trade cut, which there is nothing wrong with? I think the problem with Point Jimmy is that while it is um, good as a switch up thing, it's not like super effective in that they don't have a ton of dive to the rim pick and roll guys. So like it doesn't seem like it results in a lot of easy baskets, the uh, the Jimmy pick and rolls. So I'm glad they utilize it, but I don't think basing our offense around pick and roll with Jimmy Butler is the way to make the offense better. And I also don't think there's a ton wrong with the offense. So um, you? Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, I like getting the ball in his hands early. So just he's like making decisions with the ball, um, getting him active and, uh, and forcing the defense to account for him. Um, and then, like, I like mixing it up because it's just so many, they can throw so many different looks at defenses where it's like, okay, Ben's going to push the ball every possession and just, like, force, force it down your throat and, like, you're going to be on your heels the whole time. And then it's like, okay, Embiid's going to play bully ball. We're going to run, like, Embiid, JJ, dribble handoffs. And then it's like, okay, we're going to do Tobias, Jimmy, pick and roll, and there's a mismatch one of the one way or the other. Other one's going to post up, or Jimmy's going to go right to the basket. Like, I think there's so many different looks, and I just, I like mixing it up and... And, and forcing the other team to just sort of always be reacting. Um, and so I absolutely give give Jimmy the ball early, then give him a break, and then let him, let him like, close out in the fourth. I'm fine with it. Um, this one comes Wait, from I didn't our answer friend the, Which one would I be? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what would your run as a process sixer be? I, like? Well, is it, so is it me, like, who, who am I? Am I my own, bas- my own basketball skills and, like, the type of, like, basketball player that I am? Or am I yeah. like, is there a version of me based on like my podcasting and internet presence? I have no idea. I think you can just answer it the way that you want to. Okay. Well, which process sixer is closest to how I play basketball? I'm running through it. Maybe Elliot Williams might be one. And so like, ha- like people, some people get excited about me, but I'm like not actually as good as, as you want me to be. And then I would flame out and Ben Dietrich would talk about me when I'm gone. But I, I never get a job <laughs> anywhere else. <laughs> it always comes down to Ben Dietrich talking about you after that you're gone. That's not yeah. a bad way to go. No. Um, from our friend Killacow, I would seriously like to know, is this y'all's mans? Uh, is it? Is this y'all's mans? Uh, I guess so. At this point it is. I guess it is. Yeah. From Shay Richardson... Which Sixers player would last the longest in the Hunger Games? Current Sixer. <sighs> yeah. Um, I think Embiid would get I'm scared. I'm going Embiid, Embiid's all talk. He's talked about how like the, he, when he told people that he like, fought lions in Africa and stuff was all bullshit. So I think he's actually more scared than he uh, acts. Uh, who would like just sort of like hide well and then... Like be strong enough to like defeat the last one or two guys. Uh, I 
maybe Tobias. I think he would like be no. good at like creating alliances and then is good enough and strong enough to like get out of there. I think well he does he does make all of his teammates like him and also disappears regularly. Right. So I guess That's Tobias right. Harris would be perfect. I think, I think yeah. Jimmy would make a critical error. I think Mike Scott wouldn't give a shit enough. Um James Ennis would like get shot right away running and like and jo- Jonathan Simmons would would just go immediately at somebody and get get like hit with like a spear within the first 10 seconds cuz he's running all spazzy. Uh yeah, I'll go I'll go Tobias. Uh, this comes from Adam Fisher. Can you give us a sense of the growth of the Ricky? How many listeners there were? How many are we up to today? Some of the challenges behind the scenes. How often are offers made to buy the podcast? Future growth. What does the end of the Ricky look like? Thank you. Somewhat regularly people uh, offer to buy the podcast. Yeah. Um, it has happened a few times. And uh, I would say that the first time, boy, I'm, I'm glad that we didn't do it ever. Um The first time, I'm really glad that we didn't do it. And that's what made us start doing the commercials because we were like, wait a minute, if somebody's going to give us all this money to do it, we should at least try to do some of that. So I think we're able to do a lot more charity stuff. And also, we don't have to answer to anybody. And and Um, that's when we thought about doing it as a Patreon, as a Bodner model. Yes. And then decided like we didn't want to make people pay for our bullshit. Yeah. I also like. I feel obligated to like try still. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, also, if it's like just from a audience perspective, the more people can listen to it, the better, I think. So, um, you know, not making people pay for it is probably the way to do that. Um, as far as how many listeners, we don't ever say that. I will say more than a sold out Sixers game. I don't remember what those numbers were in the beginning. Um, it took time. I mean, but it, it I, took time. I feel like it's yeah. steadily grown over the years. Yeah, and it's uh, it's become more consistent. I think we have like we can hold listeners through the off season better than we could in the beginning when we would get like huge spikes when people were looking for Sixers stuff. Um, now we have a, a pretty solid base. Um, how does what does the end of the Ricky look like? I would say uh, at the parade uh, with us on a float. Oh man, with Ricky Sanchez. Yeah, that'd be pretty fun. <laughs> Yeah, that would be the way to do it. We're getting a fucking float. Uh, from Hunter Goldberg, if you're an odds maker, how likely is it that J.J. Redick returns to social media within three years? Oh. I, I would put that at, at minus 200. Yeah, I would say like I, mi- I, minus 350. Yeah, he's definitely he's returning. Back and sure. he's he's writing an article about why he decided <laughs> to do it, Solid. too. On, on, Solid. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do a few more. Which non-Sixers Philly athlete would have the best shot to crack the Sixers rotation? It's a shame we lost Foles yeah. because Foles is a good basketball player. Aguilar is a pretty good basketball player. I believe that. Um, I don't know anybody on the Phillies who is. I would just probably guess there's nobody on the Sixers. I would like to see, and I don't know if you can do this, if there's like in a, a some level of like skills challenge... Uh, like an all-star game skills challenge, except it's like a mm-hmm. couple players from each Philadelphia team trying to do like a couple things in each sport, like in everybody else's sports. So it'd be like from the Sixers, let's yep. say it's like like TJ and Jimmy, and they have to do like a couple skills challenges in, in baseball, and then it's against like, you know, Aguilar and Wentz, and like then it's Hoskins and McCutcheon having to do like, you know, a basketball, like 
three point contest or something like all that stuff and you see like who wins and stuff that feels like a fun like summary game obviously it can't be every sport because they're not all they're one of them at all times is in season um but it feels like a fun way to i don't know somebody should do that in philly right yeah that would WIP, be fun. take I, it I come on you do it yeah it's actually a good idea i'm gonna steal it oh fuck now somebody else is gonna get it uh, this comes from Joe. Is bologna still an acceptable lunch meat in 2019? Man. <laughs> is, is bologna problematic or something? <laughs> bologna is canceled. <laughs> I haven't had bologna yeah. in 15 years. I have no idea what bologna tastes like anymore at this point. It tastes like a hot dog. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Um, I remember being at yeah. camp being very upset when it was bologna, bologna day. I used to like bologna, uh, fried bologna is really good, but I stopped eating meat about a year ago, so it's not acceptable for me. I would, I would fry bologna. bologna. That sounds good. Yeah, it is good. This comes from Steve. What would be the ingredients of a milkshake Milton? Hmm. I have no idea how I would even answer that. Any, any answer feels <laughs> racist. Yeah. <laughs> or like sexual. I don't know. I, I'm just going to stay away. I was thinking the same thing about being racist. <laughs> I was like, how do I make this not sound racist? No, no, no thank you. <laughs> this comes from uh, from <laughs> this comes from Kyle. Would Boban be the most menacing player in the NBA if he was totally bald? <laughs> bald it's Boban, true. Yeah. Oh wait, I have to do a hot yeah. take. Hot take. Hot take. Yeah. Cameron? Siren, hot take siren. Boban should shave all of his hair, everything. Uh, oh, eyebrows, too. eyebrows, every single thing, body hair. Yeah, and do like a, G, a GQ Boban uh, naked edition, body body issue Boban, and be totally hairless. Uh, um, oh God, this comes from Captain Cone. What is the best cheese? Hmm, <coughs> I think it depends. Yeah, there's so many I good think cheeses. It I don't. I do cheese uh, rarely because I have bad stomach for dairy. Uh, but once in a while, I'll pop a lactate and and go to town. I, yeah. I like a provolone on a sandwich. Um, I like a little uh, sharp cheddar. Sometimes, little um, little pepper jack once in a while yeah, is nice. Pepper jack's great. I would say my favorite two cheeses are blue cheese, and I am a endorser of New Yorker white American, mm. um, which is actually a, just a very mild cheddar. But uh, I love uh, white New Yorker American. I like not to be racist. I like sheep's milk. Sheep's milk cheese is good. Sheep's brie is tasty. I'm not sure if I've had that. It's really good. Um, and and by the way, Mike, to a certain degree, just a little food lesson for everybody. We're all at least a little bit lactose intolerant. There is another, not another animal on the planet that consumes dairy from another animal, and there is not another animal on the planet that consumes dairy past infancy. Uh, it is not natural for us to consume dairy. That's why we're lactose intolerant. Some more than others, but it's not good for you. Um, this comes from the what, National what Dairy nice, Council. What a nice PSA. Yeah, People are learning something truth. about their bodies. Think about it. Hey, you're doing everything it. wrong from your favorite Sixers yep. podcast. Uh, Sim, from, from Simmons for three, we are 0-2 in the black leather consensual sex people era. <laughs> do you think this is the new ringer curse, and how do you ban Mike from the pod? I think the only <laughs> way to do it is for me to show up at the lottery party in dominatrix gear. 
<laughs> oh god so if that's what i have to do oh, man. For, for the playoffs then i'll do it um two more uh this comes from the walking charge how inevitable is it that mike scott scores 17 second half points down the stretch in a second round ferocious comeback win over the raptors i would like that could, sounds possible i could see there being a mike scott game yeah i yeah. could see there being one i could see sure. too. he does he, he does get hot there's a weird thing. Well, like TJ's obviously had like a tough time, and feels for some reason this year more uh, of a liability. Maybe it's because other teams are getting smarter. Maybe he's just you know only hitting the shots that he hits, and he's not he's hitting le- fewer threes or whatever it is. Um, but it feels like someone will have a TJS game where they just come out of nowhere and just like all of a sudden nobody can stop you know. Mike Scott or fucking Boban or whatever. So I, I think I think uh, I, I foresee that happening in the playoffs because obviously everyone's going to focus on our five starters. Um, from Legs, our, our our friend Legs, what is your favorite right Ricky Sanchez shirt so far? Um, I ha- I haven't digested the, the new designs like as a shirt yet enough you know what i mean i've mm-hmm. seen like the designs yeah. but like seeing them as a shirt i haven't fully i fully got it like uh came up with an opinion which my favorite is but I, I do like them a lot um i i really like the too good shirt i think it's very clean but the something about the about the uh the name shirt on the back is nonsense and i want i want to see people in public like someone like confusingly reading their shirts and being like what the fuck is that why do you have... So somebody was wearing that shirt. Uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia did a show called Signing Harper tonight. It was like a documentary on the signing of Bryce Harper. And they have people going in to the game at a Clearwater Phillies game. And uh, somebody was wearing the shirt. Um, Pretty good. Walking into the stadium, which was nice. Pretty good. Um, so you're saying we think, are responsible for Bryce Harper? Of course. I mean, what else there you go. could there be? Um, I think my favorite one ever is, I, I like the new ones. Um, maybe one will eventually be my favorite, but the process or die one was such like a snarky, um, thing for us to do. Like when the Sixers did, um, like the snake playoff logo last year, and we just did a snake playoff logo and with the, the whole double snake meaning, I think process or die is one of my favorites. Um, and the new lottery party one's all good. We released a white version of the uh, lick face one today, the Henry Sims, Dr. Dre one. The number one seller so far is the party boy jersey <laughs> that has uh, not on social media on the back. And the old school Sixers, fo- Sixers font. Yep, uh, writes Ricky Sanchez in the old school Sixers font. The next highest selling one is um, uh, Ship of Theseus. That's a good one. And then has, has, uh, has Sean Carroll and then commented on it? He has not. Maybe I should just send him the design yeah. so he sees it. He's responsible. I, I invi- He's part of our. I invited our Sean Carroll to the lottery party, okay. but he can't. He cannot go. No. Um, he, he, and he I thought the, he is the mast of our ship that has fallen off. By the way, said then. Yep. And I, I wanted to ask you this because I don't have an answer um, because we, I just talked about a bat mitzvah. Garrett asked, "What was the theme of your bar mitzvah?" It's, I was never bar mitzvah. I never went to Hebrew school. I was bar so, mitzvah. Uh, the theme of my bar mitzvah was basketball. Basketball. Go, there you go. Figure. Um, yeah. I, everyone sat at different basketball players' tables. Um, I didn't want to be obvious and sit at the Iverson table because I was a fucking little dweeb who wanted to feel special and not obvious. Uh, so I sat at the Tracy McGrady table. 
Oh, wow. So there you go. <laughs> and what other tables were there? Do you remember? Uh, let's see. There was a Shaq. There was a Kobe. There was a Duncan. There was a Steve Francis. Um, um, it wasn't all. I think Iverson was the only sixer. Maybe there was a Matumbo. I doubt it, though. Probably like Jason Kidd. Maybe a, Vin, like a Vince Carter for sure. That 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 okay. like era of like those all those major guys. Well, that'll wrap it up. The next time we talk to you will be Sunday. Um, we will. So I don't know if we're, we're going to be able to do this, but at the last fly of the process in the hotel we were in, where the free breakfast was, there was this huge, like there were all these tables where all of our people were eating the free breakfast. And I thought it would be funny if we just plopped down the laptop and the USB mic in the middle of free breakfast and do it there. Um, so we'll try to do that. So hopefully hopefully there, there is a big enough breakfast area to do that. Okay. So that's the next time you'll hear from and me. And that, um, that is right before we check out of the hotel? Um, so we yeah. can't get kicked out yeah. of the hotel if we are make, being too rowdy and podcasty on a Sunday morning. No, no. Well, and if we get, I don't think we'll get kicked out of the hotel. Joe, Joe does a lot of business with okay. them, so we look forward to seeing everybody. And actually, if you want Minnesota places to go to, um, if you're going to fly the process, uh, one of our great listeners who lives in Minnesota, uh, Kate listed a bunch of them on her Twitter. Just go through the likes on the Rights to Ricky Sanchez Twitter. Um, I liked all of them from there. So um, a lot of bars and where to go for burgers and all that kind of shit. So we look forward to seeing you at the uh, the pre yeah. party. Next time I'll talk to you is yeah. in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll see you guys then. Are you down with TTP? Yes. You know, like we are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Bumpers and downers get done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on a missile.